ladies, we welcome you and thank you for coming and honoring uh, men, our fathers. We have men who have children and men who are spiritual fathers. And that's the way that um, outreach really is supposed to be about. This is a year of outreach. It's not about hanging door, door hangers on doorknobs saying Jesus loves you, but if the Lord leads you to do that, do that because he speaks and you hear him. But it really is about who you are, being real, and reaching out to people. I want to say to you, in 1960, 12% of our homes didn't have a father involved. In 2016, it's 31%. Dads, you are vital, not only to the body of Christ, but you are vital to our world. And I want to encourage you, growth happens because we outreach. We allow our giftings, our abilities, and we give it to others. We see the needs, we hear the voice of the Lord, and we do the things that God asks us to do. But I am so blessed uh, to be part of this church, to experience the, the most awesome men that I know. It was this morning I was racing in, and I was walking through the foyer talking to people, but <clears throat> I was racing in because I was receiving a lot of phone calls from men from our church, and some on the campgrounds, some, you know, different places. One was driving a truck. He was long hauling it down the road and on the phone wishing me happy Father's Day and, and myself to him. And I just want to tell you what a complete joy it is to be able to be real, to be able to be someone that God's called me to, to be. And we release you men to be everything God's called you to be. See it again. If you've lost it, if you've, if you've gotten frustrated in life, because it's easy, because of the demeaning of men in our world today, it's really easy to get frustrated. And I want to say to you that we honor you today. And this message is for all, but this message in particular is for you men today. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. And um, as we are speaking, I want to encourage you, if you have not journaled, if you have not uh, gotten a journaling book and learn how to journal, we have that out in the foyer or courtyard, one of the two, that uh, you can uh, purchase a journal and then I have a CD where we teach how to journal. And we want you to experience what Pastor Dan was talking about. We want you to experience the joy of hearing the voice of the Lord. And that's what we're talking today about is, I am a sheep. So keep your finger on John chapter 10. We will get there in a little bit. But I just want to talk to you about a few things because you are born again, you have become what Scripture calls the firstborn. I'm the last. I'm the third in my family. But because I'm born again, I am in heaven firstborn. My name is written in heaven, registered as a firstborn. And because it's registered in heaven, being born again, that you have a double portion life. God has promised double portion to the firstborn. 
It is in the covenant. And we all who are born again have that ability. We found the reason that you have this is to take care of your family. The very reason why God gives us double portion as believers is so that we can be a giver. We can become, in the kingdom of God, a giver. We can be a people that even though we are blessed and God blesses you with houses and lands and cars and things and whatever that you have in your life, if you understand the covenant of God, you then will be a kingdom of God giver and you will see needs around you and you will be that blessing. And much of the blessing is just being real. Much of the blessing is just being real, that you are a sheep, you hear the voice of God, and that you're being real. Next, we began last week having the double portion life. In order to be real, we found out that we must hear God for direction. How can you handle kingdom blessings without the direction of the Holy Spirit? It is an impossible thing, and that's why when people are blessed because of hard work, and, and they make money, that they make a lot of mistakes in their life because they're not hearing God. And so I encourage you, I want to bless you with this revelation, is that when you become that kingdom giver, you're hearing the voice of the Lord, then you will do the right things, and God will show you, God will speak to you, and he'll tell you things. He'll warn you, and he will give you direction to be a blessing. God is still speaking today that we have learned. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go a little bit deeper. In the next few weeks, we're going to dive even deeper than this into this relationship we have with the Lord. So what I'm saying to you is that today, I believe we're in the beginning of end times. That's why the Lord has spoken to me in the last eight months. I've been speaking on Wednesday night on end times. And now we're describing the Antichrist on Wednesday night, what the Bible says regarding the Antichrist. And we're going to spend a few more weeks on that. But in this revelation, we need to know that revelation is flowing and we are growing. I'm not trying to be a poet, but revelation is flowing and we are growing. We are becoming a people that are really becoming real. We are people that... Life doesn't change us, we change life because we know the things of the Lord. We have found out now that not only in the hearing of God, in walking in this lifestyle as a sheep, not only hearing the Lord, we have to understand another thing of the covenant. And Proverbs 18.21 tells us a little about this. It says, stay in John 10, but Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It doesn't get any clearer than this. In the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God operates on a word system. The kingdom of God operates on words. We get in religious systems, actions or doing. Now, faith without works is dead. But the reality we must understand is words is what ignites kingdom blessings. And if God is speaking, we need to learn how to hear him. You and I don't have a choice whether or not to live by words or by hearing. 
The way to live your Christian life, a sheep, is to hear the voice of God. But we can choose which words we live by, though. And that's where we get in trouble. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, tells us we are to be followers of God as dear children. The Amplified says to be imitators of God, to imitate the way God is. So imitators of God is to copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitating the Father. I want to encourage you men today. We're going to do something a little bit. I want to encourage you men today to be imitators of the Father. There are many children, 31% of our homes, who do not have a father involved. Can you imagine the amount of spiritual fathers that is needed in our world today? Can you imagine the amount of, of children and young people and young men and women that need the example that you have, that to need the person that you are? And so I want to encourage you to not look at yourself, you know, I'm not as good as this, I'm not good at that. I want you to consider yourself as a sheep. And when you consider yourself as a sheep, you hear the voice of God and you're directed by God. And because you're directed by God, you have an answer for the 31% of those children that don't have a father. The, the statistics show that because a father is not involved in a child's life, that many, uh, it is lessened for those that go to college. And it's not just because of money. It is because of the drive that is given by a father uh, to better themselves and to do things. And children will rise up not having a father. And uh, so what they do is they see, in essence, a lot of poverty. So their desire is to go out and get a job and help mom. And that's a good thing. But the reality is, is God has purposed you as a, as, as a person to really do some amazing things, and it is hindering, because a father is not involved, it is hindering the very focus and purpose of what God has for those children as they grow up. So if you were in here, and uh, maybe some of your children that are adults that, that don't talk to you anymore, don't. Don't allow that to destroy you. If you know that maybe you've made some mistakes in your past, God forgives those. Continue to be what God has called you to be. And when those children come back, those prodigal uh, children come back, that they will see the difference in you and they can be transformed because of who you are. And that's called, again, outreach. So when God created the universe, he spoke words. You and I are to speak just like him. We're not creators. God's a creator. But according to Genesis 2.7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils in the breath of life, and man became a living being. And, and we can go into the Hebrew, talk about man became a speaking spirit, we can go into all that, but here's what I want you to understand. Being real, God did not grab Adam by the shoulders and blow him up like a balloon. What God did, the breath referred to here, 
is a result of God's words of faith and life spoken into the man. That the life of God was, was breathed into mankind. And so you have this ability being created in the image of God. Meaning God made another speaking spirit just like himself. That's who you are. Listen closely to this true story. When Adam fell, God didn't throw up his hands and quit. Watch what happened. You read it in the Bible. It begins in Genesis chapter 3. He immediately began speaking words of faith and life to his creation. He used prophets and as voices of authority and divine mouthpieces to reclaim his family words, using words. They kept saying, there is one coming. There is one coming. One is coming to do a mighty work for you, to bring you back into the fold, to bring you back into the family. <clears throat> so what I am saying here is those very words of faith and life would eventually usher Jesus into the earth to defeat Satan to redeem his creation and raise them up to be seated with him in the heavenly realm of authority. Words. God is still speaking today. God is talking to you and me today, and we need to hear his voice. Now, this is for all, but let me speak to the fathers now. You and I are here to fulfill the original assignment Adam had been commissioned and empowered to do through the blessing. Men, you and I are to begin to walk in this anointing. We are to be like him. We were created in the image of God. We were given dominion and complete authority over the earth. Over the spiritual aspect of this earth, we are given complete authority. You were authorized by God to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish the earth, and to subdue it. Let me show you what the word subdue means. If it gets out of line, put it back. If it gets out of line, put it back. In order for us to know that it's out of line, we need to know what it's supposed to be. We are to know the heart of God, the character of God. That's why we listen. That's why we journal. That's why we get in the word of God. Men, how do we do this? Well, the answer is through words of faith and life we speak, just like our God does. But you know what we have to do? We need to hear him first. We need to hear him first. How many of you guys have said things, you didn't hear God first and you said something and you regretted it? Yeah, okay. Job 22, verse 28, stay in John 10. Job 22, verse 28 says, We shall decree a thing, and it will be established unto us, just like God did. Romans 4, 17 says this, We are to call things that are not as though they were, just like God does. Follow me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, We have the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. 
It is a faith thing. The maturity level, the, the growth that we're talking about being outreach is becoming mature and beginning to move into a realm that maybe you've never had, but it is a purpose of God that he has for you to move into that. We, it is spoken, and we also believe and therefore speak just again like God does. I would like for every man to stand, if you would, at this time. Give them a great hand up in the balcony down here. Thank you, men. Like the candy bar says, all you big hunks. <laughs> Should I say what Pastor Dan said? Pastor Dan said, some are more hunks than others. <laughs> You are so vital to the kingdom of God. You are so vital to this church. You being who you are and what God has called you to be. I look at some that have been here for so many years and some of you have just started attending. And I want to say at Valley Community Church, we honor men and women. We do not put men above women or women above men. God created men and women co-equal. But here's the reality. In the kingdom of God, men, you have such a vital place to speak into this 31% that breaks my heart that do not have fathers. None of us are perfect. But we have a place in this world to be a blessing. So many children are, are just out there hurting. And, and I even know that, that some, because we're family, some, you know, you, you don't have children. That is not a wrong. That is not something you're, you're paying some type of penalty. But what I'm just telling you, God has given you a place in this kingdom to be a father. And the reality of that is it's so real. It the destruction of America will not be who's the president, who's a senator, even though all that's important. The, 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 the structure of a healthy nation is fathers who take their right place and love people and are the example to people, are a blessing. You know, if you don't have anything you have something to give. It's yourself. If you have nothing in the bank account, you, have not, you don't have a job, you're struggling in areas in this season, and it's hard, I know, and that's why we pray every single Sunday for people. But I want you to understand, men, the place where you're at is right now is you are a, a father that can touch this nation and turn this nation around. I'm going to pray for you. And I, I'm going to just speak the word of the Lord over you because I was created in God's image and I'm going to speak God's word over you. And I'm going to make proclamations over your life. And I'm going to speak that healing would manifest in you. Feel all the, the hurts of the past, the different things that may have gone on, the rejection, the, the, the you know, what you think is failures. 
And uh, when you think that you haven't accomplished like others have, and you feel bad about yours, whatever it is that may be hindering you, and, and I just want you to understand, let's rise up. Let, let's, let's outreach. Let's become someone who knows that you have something very special. Father, thank you for these men. As pastor of this church, as a image that you created in Scripture, a father of this church, I proclaim in Jesus' name, well done to these men. I, I consider them as peers in the kingdom of God, that we walk together, we talk together, we accomplish much for the kingdom. Every ministry, every purpose, every call, every desire, every dream that you have set in these men's spirits, in Jesus' name, Satan, I bind you up and I say, you have no place in their lives and you cannot hinder what God has called them to become and to be. And I now speak that the power of the stripes that Jesus took brings healing in their lives, restoration in their lives, forgiveness, every aspect of their life. In Jesus' name, they are well. The Lord would say to you men, I have not made a mistake. As my tool has been speaking to you in this series, you have not done the wrong thing that has caused me to turn my back against you. I have given you purpose in this world. Rise up, men. Rise up, men. Rise up, men. For I have called you to a purpose that is great. And the greatness of that purpose is what I have given into you. Trust in me, and I will see that your purpose prevails. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that word. Hallelujah. Bless our men. Hallelujah. Bless their homes. Bless their businesses. Bless their jobs. In Jesus' name, may it be well. Man, if you look at me for a second, that candy bar, you know, we wanted to make it a little funny, and, but just understand that it is something very small that we gave you with an understanding of you are amazing in the eyes of God and in our, our eyes too. So be blessed today. From this day forward, walk in that purpose and see God's plan take place. Amen? Amen. Ladies, give them another hand, would you? Amen. You may be seated. So, because we are sheep and the Bible declares we hear his voice, there are the three things we have in the ability to hear God. And we gave you the first one, and we gave you the title of the second one last week. So let's quickly go over that first one, that we found that because we are sheep, that God declares this ability that it is innate. An ability to hear God, it's innate. This means you were born with it. 
When you became born again, your spirit became brand new. Your spirit cannot sin. It is your soul that sins. Your spirit has the innate ability to hear God. Nothing can hinder you from hearing the voice of God unless you allow your soul to confuse and muddy up what God is saying. John 10, I ask you to turn there and let's read verse 1. And we're going we're gonna to jump to quite a few scriptures in John 10. And I want you to, to see this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, Jesus talking. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Drop down to 16. And the other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. We brought to you that not only the Jew, but the Gentile is a part of this family. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep, verse 27, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That is a proclamation from Jesus himself saying to you that you hear him. You have that ability. It is in your spirit. Unless you're not born again, if you're not born again, today you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. So you were created, according to John, in the image of a speaking God, and he created you with the ability to speak, and most important, to hear what God speaks. So my second point, last week we, we brought you to this is that hearing not only is innate, but it also is learned, you can grow in it. So last week we found also when you get born again, you relearn how to hear from your spirit because our life before we were born again was, was run by our soul. And our soul is not saved. That's why the Bible says that it, that it needs to, uh, to grow, it needs to mature, it needs to get to that place of maturity, of, of understanding what the Spirit is saying. To have not, you know, to have not an undivided heart. To, to have a heart that is not divided, it's undivided, that it is together. That your emotions, your mind, will, and emotions, everything about you is moving in this realm. You hear God. You are born with it, but now we need to be taught how to hear. So let me now begin to describe that, and let's begin to show you how to do that. Some of you <clears throat> might be sitting here and saying, well, you know, I hear God, and I know that, and I'm going, but I just want to tell you, wherever we're at in our spiritual walk with God, we can still grow, amen? So let me remind you that hearing God is the second path of prayer, because you can't hear God, why would you pray? Why would you ask someone something or pray to someone and, and not wanting to hear an answer? See, you need to hear the answer, not just see the answer. In order to see the answer, you need to hear it first. So 
Yes, we make our requests be made known to God, but God never intended, listen very closely, and I'm using words to get your thoughts really dialed in to what I'm trying to tell you. God never intended prayer to be a giving to our do list when we get up in the morning. God intended prayer to be communication between a father and his children. Happy Father's Day. I said it's learned because we can be taught how. The Bible says we are to exegete Scripture. Exegete means to draw out the fruit. There is critical exegesis, revealed exegesis, historical exegesis, all different, many different ways that we can exegete the Word of God. But hearing God is, in essence, the receptivity of being taught. I'm going to stop there for a moment because I brought you to this place. You hear God because you're sheep. You know God's voice. But we have to learn how to grow in the reality of hearing his voice. And I'm going to show you in a moment why. We have to get to a place in our life that when God speaks, we listen. But how do you know that it's really God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I think I know what God's saying, but I'm not sure if that was God. This is how we do it. Put on some worship music, worship God. Read scriptures and write down what you think God said through the scripture. But pastor, I, you know, I just, hey God, what, what's up, man? Well, God will speak in that too. But you and I need to understand that God really wants something deeper than just fire insurance. God wants something a little deeper with, with his sons and daughters, with sheep. There is a tenderness that God has towards us. And I'm, this is Father's Day and I'm talking to the men right now and I just want you to understand that God wants to open up that, that hardness. He wants to soften some things up. He wants us to get into a place in our life that we really understand that there is a Father in heaven that absolutely loves us and he's perfect. He's perfect. You were raised with a father that wasn't perfect and you, a father, is not perfect. But God is. And if we have a tendency to hear God through the imperfectness, then we're not really hearing the intent and the, what God is saying to us. How many of you have said in, in conversations with other people, no, you're not understanding what I'm really meaning. You're not understanding what I'm really saying. How many of you had arguments? You're not hearing what I'm saying. And God 
wants us to really hear what he's saying. You read scriptures and you write it down what you think God said through the scripture. That's journaling. That's why we have the journals out with the CDs and how to do that. And I promise you, I promise you, if it doesn't happen, if you do this well, I promise you in two months that you will, your life will be transformed. There will be a change in the hearing aspect of God. You will know God like you've never known him before. So hearing God is innate and hearing God is learned. And my third point with ability to hear God is this, it's matured. It's matured. Let's talk about children again. Do children need to mature in their communication skills? <laughs> yeah, they do. So let me tell you a story a long time ago. It's on a Sunday morning. How many of you here, probably if you're maybe 30 years and younger, 35 years and younger, you don't remember it? How many of you remember that you used to be able to go to a restaurant and there'd be a cigarette machine in it? You could go and put the money in there and pull it and a cigarette pack would come out. Some of you, I've, I've seen some of you younger ones go, what, really? Some of the young people, do you know what a phone booth is? No, just kidding. <laughs> I did with my grandchildren, Disneyland. What's that? Or it was Nosbury Farm, one of the two. And I said, what's that? Huh? I don't know. It was a phone booth. They didn't know what a phone booth was. This uh, restaurant had a cigarette machine, and we had gone to the restaurant, and we were standing there waiting to get our table, and the small child is standing next to the cigarette machine and kind of looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And this guy walks over there, puts his money in it, pulls the lever, the little box comes down with the cigarettes in it, reaches in, grabs it, pulls it up, and the little kid standing next to the machine says, Daddy, that guy's going to hell. <laughs> no, you don't go to hell by smoking cigarettes. It's bad for your health, yes. Not believing in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. But my point is this. The boy was saying what he had heard in a religious system. <clears throat> he had been taught that, <clears throat> that if you smoked a cigarette that you're going to go to hell. The reason I'm telling you this is not everything you think you hear is God. It might be your religious upbringing and you might think it's God's voice. Here's the key in hearing God. If you don't have a book, chapter, and verse that backs up what you think you heard, the idea or principle might not have been from God. You must match it up with Scripture. I want you to understand, God will go deeper with you. In the beginning of hearing God, match it up with Scripture. There will be later times that God will take you into deep, deep avenues of what he says in Scripture. 
And it'll seem like you're hearing something new, but you're not. You're hearing the depth of what he was saying from the beginning. God is wanting to take you. Why? Because you're sheep. He's your shepherd. He's wanting to take you to depths you've never experienced before. He wants to take you to places that you've never experienced before, but it's when we get to the place of knowing that it's innate, that it's learned, and it needs to mature. Let me tell you a few philosophies in hearing God that are immature. I didn't say they are wrong, but they're immature. All right, here's the first one. Call it a message a minute. People who tell you they hear God like 300 times a day. You know, like God just told me, don't put that salt on that food. Now let me tell you, God could tell you that. But is that what you want to hear from God? You know, some people get so crazy about it as they sit at a restaurant and say, God, should I use pepper or should I use salt? Probably 99% of the time they never use pepper or salt because he doesn't answer that. Anyways. What I'm saying here in hearing God Do you want God having to tell you every little thing to do? Okay, now it's time, son, to wash your face. God wants, listen, hearing God is this. God wants to fellowship with you, not just give you instructions. Amen. He's an intimate God. He's an intimate God. Not just instructions alone. Yes, he'll give you instruction. But I call that a message a minute. What parent here wants to tell their kids what to do every minute, even though their children are in their 40s? Amen. I mean, what parent wants to, you know, okay, line up. Here you go. You do this, you do this. I got it, mom. No, no, I'm your parent. I love you. I'm your father. I'm your, your mom. I just want to tell you everything. Okay, now, and then you're sitting behind them in school. You know, the, 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 the seat they're in is too, too small for you, but you're sitting behind them because why? Because you're just going to talk to them every day. Okay, now, here's, do this, do that. No, the, no parent wants that. And let me tell you, God is talking all the time. But God doesn't want to have to tell you everything to do. He wants you to mature. So in other words, you want your children to grow up and make wise decisions. Again, God does speak all day long, but to get a word every minute is not the best understanding or philosophy. We need to mature. Follow with me. Next, philosophy needs to be matured, the point and hope philosophy. You ever heard of that, point and hope philosophy? These are the people who open their Bible, close their eyes and point to the Bible and hope they get an answer. Obviously, God can do this. 
Obviously, if someone has no clue in growing and just has found God and wants an answer from God and knows that they heard this message, but only a minute of it, and the minute of it that they heard was to get in the Word of God and find it. They don't know where John is. They don't know where Ezekiel is. They, they don't nothing. So God, I'm just going to point. And God can do that. But God wants us to mature, doesn't he? Are you following me? So it is about a relationship with intimacy with God. Men, you have become so busy. Fathers, you've become so busy. And we've forgotten to spend time with the one that loves us more than anybody. If there's anyone, if you have this feeling of having to prove yourself, if there's anyone you need to prove to is God, and let me tell you how to do it. Sit down, relax, and let him love on you. Let him talk to you. I know, men, we're pushed all the time. You got 20 people, because they're looking to you for the answer, 20 people telling you, you know, well, what about this? What about this? I don't, you know, and you're making decisions, and you want to be opposite of God and throw your hands up and say, forget it. But I want to tell you, God's given you the ability to hear God. And when you hear God, you begin to grow and you mature and you make a wise decision. And sometimes wise decisions create a little mix-up with other people. But you stay with it. Because in the end, when you hear a loving, caring, intimate God his will, his purpose, and you obey it, in the end, you will come out on the other end in a blessing, that double portion blessing. People will be blessed because you're the one that makes the stand. People will have legacy because you're the one that says, no, this is how it's going to be done. You're the one. Not that you're some, you know, master. No, we serve one another. But you make that decision. You do that, guys. And you walk in that and you stand in that. You become gracious. You are a speaking spirit, but you also hear. So you hear things from God, and then you begin to move in that realm. You come in agreement with your spouses. You come in agreement with people that you work with. But what I'm talking about is just that you're so busy, you don't have any time, there's no prayer, there's no worship, there's... No, you know, church, we come to when we can, and all of a sudden we have a great need, and we just, God, I need a quick answer. And I'm just telling you, you're bigger than that. And I'm telling you, you're better than that. Because you're sheep. And you're God's. See, obviously God can do anything. But again, it's about relationship. The last one, and we'll close with this one. I call it the K Sarah Sarah philosophy, meaning whatever will be, will be. How many of you remember Doris Day? Yeah, okay. All the young people, who? <laughs> Sorry. This is not good. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever God's will is. Really? 
There's an enemy out there that will give you false proof. There's an enemy out there that will, will create false things so you think it's God. And when we go into areas of our life and whatever, or watch this, whatever I choose, that's God's will because he's such a good God. Really? God doesn't care. We love each other. We'll go ahead and live this way. See, your choice is not always God's desire for your life. We need to mature to a place where we hear God's voice and we make the right decision. So let me show you this. Here's the bottom line. We are sheep. And God wants to speak to you. So hear what he says. You are a sheep. God is speaking. He's a speaking spirit. You're created in his image. You have a spirit that is perfect, that hears the voice of God. Amen? You can do this thing. You can go home today, barbecue those baby back ribs, country ribs, mm, bratwurst with onions and spicy mustard. Mm, mm, mm. That's my day. I don't know about yours. But you need to hear God. You need to know his voice. God already put it in you. We just need to mature it. How many of you are willing to mature that? Amen. Let's all stand.